0: to another episode of Just Us Dads. This is the Dad Dadversation where you get direct feedback on how to be a dad <laughs> by full-time <three laughs> friends and dad. Uh, and uh, as you know, we've been on a mission to lose weight and to bring value to all of you by bringing you some professionals um, in the, the weight loss industry, training, nutrition, dieting, and all that kind of uh, beautiful stuff that we brought to you. And we have another good buddy of us uh, of ours of us of ours uh here today who's going to share some uh, absolute uh, uh amazing knowledge uh on on weight training specifically and dieting george and chris are both here and we're welcoming our good buddy john melas uh who- and for
1: a short stint time we're actually all of us playing in a band together
0: for a very uh, yeah for a very short time right for like two hours yes. or whatever it was <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, John, how uh,
1: how I mean, are you? Did we actually get together maybe like three, four times in the basement?
0: Oh, it's, po- it's, possible. it's possible. Yeah, yeah, we we got yeah. together a few times. I came to I'm, your house. You I, remember to Kevin, I remember I remember coming right, right. to your place. Yeah, yeah.
1: I'm I'm notorious for being elusive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how are you, buddy? How's it going? Yeah. Good, very good, very good, man. For the people that are seeing all that light there coming in your screen, uh, let's uh, not confuse them. Uh, he's not here. It's not gray. <laughs> it's not sad where he is. <laughs> uh, he's, he's, all the way, he's all the way in Greece. So the so light so is brighter. Green. The image looks better. Everything, everything is just better in Greece. Where are you now? So uh, right now I'm on the island of Eos.
1: Been here since September after uh, gallivanting in the summer. So, uh, you know, I started in Athens and then uh, this year I checked out a lot of Attica. Mm. So uh, all the little beaches and areas, uh, Rafina and whatnot. And then I went all the way down to to uh, the land of my father's, which is uh, Mani. And uh had a great time there with some cousins. And uh, finally, I had come here on EOS in uh, 2019, loved it. And uh, I, I figured September, let me check it out. I'd come in August when it was like... Uh, Party scene you know, and whatnot yeah, Crazy But yeah. uh, I loved it Even quiet uh, It's very authentic And I've
0: been here since man so. It must suck It must suck so much That you're stuck there Since September Shit I don't know how you yeah, I, don't know
1: how yeah, I don't know how I uh, <laughs> I don't know how I uh, <laughs> How you, you like This life it. without the winter The misery The, the tyranny Yeah yeah, yeah. So, No so, uh, I've, I've yeah. been there man it, It's very tasteful It's a very tasteful Little island Yeah yeah And uh, pe- people know How to have fun it's 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 in the air. The fun right. is in the air. Right? right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And uh, it's interesting because um, you know when the season starts, you have different months. Uh, you know, it, it tended to be very young, and over the years, it's evolved. Where yeah, it tends to be young in July and some of August, and then September, it becomes a different vibe. Uh, you know, an older crowd. But what's nice about it is there's something for everyone. You know, you so you have the super young crowd, and then you have these gorgeous sunset bars, martini lounges, like, Mm. uh, so it's, it it has that, it's almost like a very ethereal, it's very majestic, I would say. Kind of like Santorini, beautiful views, but not as high, you know, off the cliffs, like a lot of the cities of Santorini. But, uh, I just find that there's, and it's, it's very quaint, you know, you have a lot of little beaches around the main town. So there's only one major main town, then the port, and then you have little, sections where everybody goes to to go to some lounge or some yeah. restaurant or you know it's, it's gorgeous uh, gorgeous nice. and stunning beaches
0: so yeah. it's nice, amazing. Bus, nice it's bus. amazing but, nice but I, I totally understand what you're saying about the vibe because i've lived in greece winter time so everyone gets used to right. seeing greece summertime where it's all the chaos right. the partying and all that stuff so they get that kind of idea of what greek right. life is right uh, right right i honestly look uh, we're not gonna lie. I mean summers and the beaches in the summer. I mean you you gotta yeah, have yeah, that, right? Yeah. But I right, right. There was something about winter time in Greece and Athens specifically that for me is above everything else. Like it's it was incredible the the the, the, mm. the winter. The serenity, right? it. It's very calm, very and beautiful. And also, also, very... also for people such as us who are eating snow in the face every single year, <laughs> like from like <laughs> November, the, the last couple of years has, have been okay. Like winter has been kind of extended. Like we get snow like far into December, which is good. Uh, right, right. But in the past, I remember like, I mean, it's tough winter over here. And when you're walking around with like mm-hmm. a thick little sweater or like a little jacket and a sweater under mm-hmm. And you're having coffee under the Acropolis in like January. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what the hell? Where have I yeah, been? Yeah, yeah. So there's something really nice.
1: And it's very interesting. I find like uh, we were we were talking about this before we went live, uh, but uh, it's interesting that in the winter, like Eos is very green, and in the summer, it's uh, it's very arid and dry, almost desert-like. And I love that that the brown hues of the mountains. It's it's very unique the topography. I would say. Yeah. But uh, it's, I love it in the summer as well, but uh, winter is odd. We had one or two weeks that were pretty chilly, but for the most part, like yesterday, I went to the beach, it was 17 degrees and you adapt, you know, the the, the, the water is cool in the winter, but you yeah. can take a dip, you know, you, it's brisk, but uh, yeah. you still have a great time. You can still enjoy the beach, but it's been kind of this January and and. I would say up until now, mid-February has been a little uh, rougher than other years. Uh, The locals have told me last year was like 2021, the entire time. Let me make a contrast here, John, because uh, when you were going at the beach, I was actually heating my seat (laughs) in my car. I had to actually hit yeah. my seat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I should, I should, I should be mindful of what I say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah, start yeah. feeling resent.
0: All, all the viewers, all the there viewers around around this yeah. part of the podcast, they all just tune off. Ah, fuck this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you doing there, man? Let, let's let's just get everyone up to speed over here. Because you yeah. do a lot of things. I mean, you're the one of the most talented guys that we know. You're oh, a musician, thank you, thank you. a musician, a fitness expert. Uh, you're running your own business practically online. A professional bodybuilder. Um, a lot of amazing things. Um, thank you, thank so, you. So what are you what 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 are you doing there right now? I mean, other than having a good so, life?
1: So uh, so right now, I'm uh, mostly focusing on online uh, coaching and I split, I kind of split my day between uh, my fitness lifestyle and the music. and it works out nicely because I'm the type of person that likes to uh, for example, my routine in the morning, I wake up, have my coffee, and the first thing I do is check on my clients for half an hour answer emails, you know, make sure everything's uh, on the up and up. And then I'll practice an hour on my uh, uh, Viola de Gamba, one hour. So I like breaking routines. I like having a routine, but I like kind of being fresh with that. I don't like doing the same thing for six, seven hours. So it works for me. Then I hit the gym for an hour and a half, uh, train myself, uh, then come back and focus more on program design, you know, checking up on clients again. So I like sectioning off my day into little kind of uh micro sessions of yeah, music no. fitness music fitness and it's kind of like a mental break one is a mental break from the other but at the end of the day i stay pretty productive on those two things you
0: know well that's amazing uh look obviously the the, the whole point of you having uh, having you on now is to you know share some value with all the listeners on how to sure, either sure. create a healthier lifestyle or maintain it or take mm-hmm. it to the next level, whatever it is that uh, the that, that that they want to sure. achieve. Uh, for all three of us, it was like starting from scratch. Basically, we had you know reached the point where we looked at ourselves and we were disgusted. Uh, <laughs> except for George, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want the George, changes. Uh, George has been looking good for years. Uh, <laughs> but so, how did this all start for you? How do you how do you even get into like bodybuilding? Because going mm-hmm. from like this. Person that is healthy, trains, and you know maintains you know a pretty healthy lifestyle to bodybuilding is a complete different level, right? I mean, it's like whole other right, right.
1: So I started very young. I would say uh, I was interested in, in changing my physique. I was uh, thin, uh, uh, you know, very uh, lean, had uh, uh, very lean musculature, but didn't have a lot of uh, size. But I, I had very defined muscles. So I just it started with more of a, I would say strength and general health and uh over time uh, it evolved to oh you know i think i could do this uh you know as my muscles developed i had uh uh, very nice lines and and symmetry so people suggested uh, maybe you could you could maybe push it to the next level and 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 be competitive after five six years of you know uh focusing on trying to put on size so at first i wasn't You know, I started 15 years old. So uh, people were telling me to compete at 21, 22. So I was already training for maybe five, six years. And then I considered it, got in, I did my first natural show. And by the way, I'm a drug-free bodybuilder. So it's a different, it's kind of a different game.
0: Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah.
1: Right. Put that out there. And, um, and it's essentially, You're not looking to be a mass monster. You're looking to be, yes, as muscular as you can be, but it's more about aesthetics. It's more about finding a balanced physique and a balanced lifestyle for me, at least. So my my, uh, idea was to always find a balance between health, aesthetics, and functionality, being strong, being healthy, having high energy levels. And pretty much that philosophy brought me to... Uh, being more competitive in uh, natural bodybuilding, and eventually to uh, coaching people. Once I did well in natural competitions, you know. So, so I'd so say that's
0: how so it evolved. You're, so when you talk about natural bodybuilding, is this like a separate category? Like the the, the 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 competitions that you were at, it was every everyone was a natural bodybuilder, or you were just joining in a competition with other guys that have been taking whatever. Yeah. So so that's a good question
1: because uh, uh, early on, when I was in my early twenties. Uh, it was called tested bodybuilding, not necessarily natural. It, it, and then the natural movement for a couple of years had a little buzz. But generally, bodybuilding is is uh, more known for chemical enhancement. And generally, bodybuilders are more chemically enhanced. Uh, and I was less interested in that. Uh, but of course, uh, the the chemically enhanced domain, much bigger athletes, uh, was it, I would say it was a, a different philosophy. It's more holistic, the whole natural thing. And um, there were some, I would say institutions that that had famous natural bodybuilders, but it was i'd I'd be hard pressed to say they were really natural. I would nice. say ninety percent probably weren't. So you'd have to, you you would have to have had elite genetics to be able to do that. So I had good enough genetics to do well over the years in muscle mania. Eventually, uh, I was doing other shows earlier on in my 20s and 30s, but I actually came back. I should, I should be a little more linear in all this, but I, was, I would say in my 20s and 30s, I was competing in natural shows that weren't as uh, popular or, or institutions, uh, federations, I'd say. And then I came back at 42, uh, so maybe five years ago, and Musclemania is more popular and known around the world. And I won my pro card again after many 15 years of
0: not competing. Wow! So that's
1: kind of like the history of it. Look,
0: like, see, I mean, we're, we're, nobody's dumb. I mean, they, we we've seen these guys on TV, magazines, and you're like, okay, this cannot be real. So obviously, like you said, there's a lot of chemical uh, enhancement there. How do you even do it by being natural? Like, uh, like it feels almost so. So, so it's it's a weird place to be in to be honest, because I don't have a
1: judgment or a, a moral standard on whether or not you should be chemically enhanced. That's a personal decision. Yeah. And I, I, quite frankly, I think people should have the right to do whatever they want with their own bodies. I don't think things should be legal or illegal. I think that's up to a person to be responsible. You know? But um, uh, to, to answer that question, it, it, it was odd for me to kind of be in a situation where if you're impressive enough as a natural bodybuilder, you might be on steroids or accused to be on steroids.
0: Right. But then
1: the chemical guys are telling you, ah, "Well, you're not that impressive because they're huge." Yeah. So if you, <laughs> yeah, made, yeah. if you made it to a level to be impressive enough naturally, well, you're a liar. Uh, and or and or, uh, well, you're not that impressive anyway. You know, because you're not 250 pounds of muscle. So it was a odd place to be. But the way I approached it was like, I think there was an appreciation for aesthetics bodybuilding like guys like Frank Zane from the 70s. So I loved that kind of body and I had a a good enough genetics to be able to emulate that look. So for me, I just stayed in my lane. I just said, I'm really happy with what I have. And eventually the muscle mania has a, (laughs) it's pretty funny, a a, a classic division. And I was like, it wasn't even called classic when I was doing it. It was just called natural (laughs) bodybuilding. Now I'm like classic (laughs) because I've been doing it for like 30 years. So it's (laughs) like... (laughs) a funny uh I'm classic <laughs> you know? you're and the that, yeah. old
0: version yeah 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 so yeah, the guy, right. the, guy but, the guys uh, that you train the guys that you train do you push them more to the to to develop this kind of uh, hobby or profession uh naturally so
1: yeah, I, I, I'm more comfortable. I'm not comfortable getting involved in the the drug use end of things. Uh, I've had a- athletes that were chemically enhanced and you know much bigger guys, and uh, but I don't like to get involved in that because that's that's tricky business. So I, I prefer natural athletes, and it tends to be a much more long long term endeavor uh, because uh, it takes many many years to be impressive naturally. And sometimes you might not even have the genetic potential to be a really elite natural bodybuilder. So you have to have the genetic potential and there's a disproportionate amount of work you have to do to get that look. Well, obviously that allows you to look like a bodybuilder. So for example, if you guys started the bodybuilding and uh, I gave you a program with, let's say half the workload of some of my pro athletes that I train you'd probably get 70% of the results or maybe more 75% with half the workload so they have to work double as much to get that extra maybe even sometimes 20% and as you age and and become more impressive as an athlete less so uh, let's say an athlete in their 30s might be putting in all this extra work and you're 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 aiming like sometimes i'm working just to get a pound uh, a year now, because I've been doing well,
0: it for- are further along their development, right? And we have so right, many because you have
1: so we advance so much further into it that we get that right. 70%, where they have that little edge right. missing, they gotta keep going to get that edge. Right, and that little edge is sometimes like, if you're talking about a two, 3% uh, uh, edge, you're talking about a, a 200 pound guy. You're yeah. talking about a pound and a half and you've been doing it for 30 years. Now it's worth it for me because I love the sport. And for me, it's about self-improvement. It's about mastering mind. It's about much more than just getting bigger. And and so eventually and I'm in I'm 46 now, so I'm not looking to get that much bigger, but you could make minor improvements that on an aesthetic level will balance your physique more. So it's nuanced, you know, as you get yeah. older, but I'm very so happy. So it's with- about looking for that symmetry, I guess yeah symmetry and eventually it's going to be about maintenance and as much as you can maintain i'm sure when uh, i get to my 50s and 60s it's going to be trying to maintain as impressive of a physique as i can really at the end of the day but that will have uh you know a lot of benefits as well you know like uh you know muscle wasting which becomes an issue after your 30s or even 40s i've maintained uh, all my muscle i I don't think uh, i've lost any muscle over the last 20 years at all since my 30s or uh, late 20s. and that and that's the essence i think john that's the essence because you're talking about and I'm, I'm thinking about what you're saying all this because bodybuilders started as something as yeah body sculpting aesthetics but health and then right. when you bring it to the extreme bodybuilding becomes unhealthy so it becomes like right. a paradox right right, right. and right. it's almost like just to bring the analogy to music it's like you take it from the art. And then if you just focused mm-hmm. on playing the a million notes in one second, and you're just trying to fight your metronome, you kind of lose the arts. And that's what I right. mean to bodybuilding. Right. 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 Exactly right. the right. same thing. So you're, you're keeping, you keeping the basics. Right. Right. And, and for me, I like watching the, the Olympia. It's extreme. I, I'm not going to say I don't I like that, but it's not my lifestyle choice. Mm. So, so what I say is, You know, who's to say that a NASCAR driver, driver, NASCAR driver, it's, it's, it's extreme, right? Or a deep sea diver, or there's other extreme trades. So I don't approach it from a judgmental point of view. I approach it from a holistic, what's right for me approach. And people who agree with that ideology, you know, tend to be attracted to what I have to offer. Uh, whereas uh, other, you know, bodybuilders are like, I want to be a, an IFBB pro and uh, there's no judgment, but you know, there's a risk reward ratio you, that the athlete has to manage. If you know what I'm
0: saying. John, I was listening to you talk and you know, I want to get a little bit more into like the health aspects. Cause I think that's what sure, sure. people are. Um, they want, they want to hear you on. And you mentioned about, you know, um, the mass and how important it is to maintain it and not to lose your muscle because after a certain point, uh, men mm. and i'm guessing women as well we start losing yes. a certain percentage of our of our of our muscle sarcopenia uh,
1: it's called sarcopenia yeah so yeah. it's definitely something
0: tell us a little bit about that i mean how important is it to maintain why uh, and you know what does it take to kind of just you know keep it at level for example for the fall, for the you know for the next 10 15 20 years whatever we have uh, I, I think uh,
1: it's, it's 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 a huge investment in your overall health because the people who have built more muscle earlier on, like if you're starting to uh, bodybuild at 46, realistically, it, it's it's probably unlikely that you would be at your best and competitive as a, uh, a bodybuilder or fitness athlete. And that kind of carries over to general uh, fitness. You know, you probably, if you had started younger, you would have had the time to build a lot more muscle mass in your life and therefore maintain it. But if you're starting, at 50, you could get a great shape, don't get me wrong, but there would be an advantage. There's an obvious advantage to me having started at 15 because when I go to these uh, top level natural shows in the muscle mania, I I hold a lot of muscle for my age. Mm. And I don't think I would have been able to do that had I started at 40, I, I needed at least 15 years to maximize my muscle growth. So having said that, the younger you start the better, but that is not to say that if you start later uh, you know uh, that you can have a very impressive physique but the sooner the better is what i'm trying to say so for people contemplating it they should get started and even if it's not on a competitive level just on a, a you know on a health level uh, you'll have a lot more density in the muscles as you age you'll have a lot more uh, you know denser bones there's a lot of advantages general health and controlling calories you know we know through science now that controlling your calories allows you to age a lot better Mm-hmm. So it's one of the anti-aging mechanisms. Your sirtuins. Yeah, yeah. Is the anti-aging though? It's also um, like you're talking about guys like uh, Sinclair, right? David, David Sinclair. Yeah, David Sinclair. Like exactly right. Exactly right. So, so the, so the awesome. idea is like to to eat little calories, like as many as you need to maintain, but you, you shouldn't be eating like four thousand calories, right? So, so that becomes complicated, but generally like I don't want to overstep my knowledge because I rely on scientists as an evidence-based uh, coach and I try to understand it as best I can. But uh, my understanding of of the science that uh, David Sinclair and I don't want to misquote or uh, misrepresent, but reducing your calories, but getting enough nutrition to maintain your health. So there, it's 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 tricky because for your body you may be able to maintain the lean body at 4,000. So that depends on your uh, metabolic rate, your basal metabolic rate. So what I would say is you need to figure that out. What I do is figure that out with my clients and then to get them leaner, Obviously, if I reduce calories and they're getting leaner, that's, it's a good zone to be in for, uh, for help. Do so do you, do you, uh, I don't want to talk uh, necessarily calories, you know, sorry, sorry, go
0: ahead. No, 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 yeah, no. just so we can stay on the topic, how do you, uh, what do you do to, 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 to quantify everything? Like, how do you, how do you measure, uh, like, what kind of, obviously dieting has a huge role to play in it, but I'm assuming at your level, it's, it's way more than dieting. I mean, everything has to be like measured to the, to, to, to down to like the specific gram or whatever, or?
1: So that's a that's a that's a, a a good question it it totally depends on what phase in your training you're in so i tend to be stricter like we're working with uh, chris i tend to be a little stricter now cuz he's in a weight loss mode so you could still build some muscle if you have excessive weight what the science shows is you could still build muscle while dieting in that context now i reducing my calories would not be able to build muscle because i'm i've already maximized my uh, muscle mass as a natural bodybuilder and I'm struggling to maintain. But because Chris has excess body uh, body weight uh, and body fat, I would say. What I a nice way, way of calling me fat, I love it, John, amazing. <laughs> so, so diplomatic, funny, beautiful. I, I'm so. a huge proponent of PC culture, but I'm adopting it somewhat right now. You know? so John, it was like velvet, it was like terribly. velvet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were
1: saying? Uh. Yeah, so I was saying, so so the advantage uh, that Chris has at this point is that uh, newbie gains, so I follow a lot of the other scientists like uh, Lane Norton, and, uh, you know, there's a a couple of guys I'll actually reference at the end of this, and they're great to watch because they're athletes as well as uh, scientists, and they give you a lot of pertinent information and how to kind of assess it generally. Now, what I do with my clients to answer your question is I collect data and I give a monthly program, a diet, but it's not static. As we go along, if something's not working, we adjust, and that's how we find, uh, you know, the, the 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 Goldilocks zone. Let's call it, you know, that uh, that that perfect
0: yeah, zone. The where you're maybe luck. losing
1: yeah. one or two pounds a week, not more. Uh, in Chris's case, he's getting stronger, he's building some muscle, but when he gets to the the leaner side of uh, of things, like let's say he loses uh, 40 pounds and now he's starting to look lean and and fit. It's going to be harder to gain muscle because now he's at a deficit. So at that point, uh, what we'll do is once he's lean enough, we'll bring his calories back up and play a different game. At that point, we'll, we'll be doing lean mass. So I don't mind if he brings up his body fat somewhat, but within control, he needs to be eating enough to build muscle at that point for lean mass, but he doesn't need to balloon up this off season it doesn't yeah. need to balloon up it's unreasonable a lot of people use that as an excuse just to eat a whole pizza you know so, so, so what's the counterbalance <laughs> you you, you. So what's the counterbalance
0: to increasing the calories you increase the the the, the workout intensity
1: um that's a good question it, it has a lot of moving parts so for example when i'm doing lean mass it depends on how much i've incre- i'm trying to find the optimal the the, the keyword is optimal doing things optimally so I'm trying to increase my calories enough to maybe go up to 12% body fat, or you can still somewhat see my abs. I'm still in good shape. I'm not shredded because I need the excess calories to build some new muscle, but I don't want to go beyond 12% or, or 11% body fat because then it becomes very difficult to come back down. And if I over diet, I'm eating through all the muscle anyway. So what I, I tend to do is I bring up my calories, maybe five, 600 over my uh, diet calories. Uh, let's say I'm cal- I'm dieting at 3000 in my off season. I bring them up to 3005 and I monitor my strength. I monitor, uh, you know, how things are going in the gym. And that gives me an idea of what's going on. Am I stronger? Am I fuller? You could, you could measure uh, your size. You could actually keep track of your body fat around the waist and be reasonable. And when it's diet time again, so I found that perfect zone where everything is optimal. And it's taken years for me to find it competitively, at least. Now, to answer your question, am I measuring when I'm just staying lean in Greece? No, because I'm not competing. So I don't Because it's hard. Because it's hard. Uh, (laughs) Right. Right. And there's moussaka, you know, so like, you know, I want to enjoy my moussaka. And I'm not as concerned about looking like a pro bodybuilder because, you know, you want to look good. You want to look healthy. So it's a different game. So I have your eyes different, right? Your eye has gotten right. adjusted. Your eyes have gotten adjusted. Right. Like, George right. Panusi. like, you know, you know, approximate what it what it's right. worth. Right? right. Just by seeing at it, just, you, you, you yeah. know that, okay, that this many nuts is this many calories. Uh, this much meat is this much. So Correct. you're Correct. not really, Correct. you're not really tracking it, but you know enough to kind of feel it. Yeah. Right? And to after that, Chris, uh, so, so here's the good news, guys. This is what I want to, so. Firstly, one of the first things I want my clients to be is consistent, so adherence. I want them to adhere to the program. So we focus on mental systems. So on my online uh, app, I basically have everyone punch in when they work out during the week, uh, create habits. And habits aren't created overnight. You You can't basically master six habits at the same time. So I tend to be more lenient in the beginning, but not lenient with certain aspects of the training. So, for example, I might start someone with just four meals a day, just high protein. I might uh, uh, decide that uh, three meals is enough because it depends on each person's personality. But I want them to adhere to eating three healthy meals a day if they've been a disaster their whole lives. And then um, maybe train three to four times a week. As they progress and get used to that habit, I might add a protein shake if they need more protein, get a little more stringent on other aspects because now it's part of their uh, habitual routine. So that's rewiring the brain. So once your brain gets rewired, you don't feel the discipline. It becomes second nature. Yeah. So I wake up in the morning, I'm to like, uh, sleep, and I'm, I'm coffee and my protein shake. It's not something I literally think about. Oh, I have to do this, it's one scoop, I throw it in. It's very routine. So it becomes very easy once you make it a lifestyle and you rewire the brain. So that's, I want you guys, uh, that's a takeaway uh, that is very important uh, today, you know? So once you make it a routine, it's not so difficult, but if you have to be conscious about everything you're doing, so some people, I'm gonna start the gym on Monday and they don't kinda focus on a gradual adaptation to new systems. So you're only going to get as far as your system allows you to get, not just, I'm going to go to the gym tomorrow and I'm going to be consistent. You might be motivated that day, but if you don't have a system in place, the next day you might not be, Right. but a system allows you to say, I'm not in the mood today, but we got to do this. I think, because yeah,
0: I, I, th- yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the biggest challenge. Uh, and we've spoken right, about right. this so many times on the on, on on show where, you know, we want to make training and uh, healthy eating as natural as it is, for example, when you wake up in the morning and you need to brush your teeth, put on deodorant, you know what I mean? Like, it, right. it, exactly it's right. almost exactly automatic, right. right? So, but it's difficult to reach that part where. It's so natural that you're not even thinking about it. You look like, okay. Now it's time to train. Right, right. Uh, and I think that's the biggest challenge that keeps people away or discourages them or whatever makes them keep pushing back the start date. We've all been there. Yeah, Monday, Monday, Monday comes. Right. Like, hey, you know what? This week got some people coming yeah, over. the no <laughs> it's Monday, we'll go to next Monday. <laughs> you know? So,
1: so, so this is what I have to say to that. That's a good point. Uh, he made a great point. Uh, so what I do is I nip that in the butt. Uh, the the that procrastination mechanism is terrible. So, uh, and you find a balance guys, like you could cheat on a Saturday, right? And sometimes like three days ago, I was just famished for whatever reason. My body had enough. I, I, you know, I'm still off season, so I'm eating pretty well. And most days at 3,400, 3,500 calories, I'm good. But I just felt hungry the entire day. Perhaps that week I trained a little harder. you know, I went above the, the allocated volume, you know, volume meaning the amount of sets and reps in a whole week that I'm doing. and that changes every week because that's how a progressive program uh, should be, a scientific program. So I just felt starved, I ate. And I kept monitoring visually also uh, my physique, and I was like, you know, everything's working out. Uh, it's not like I'm gaining a lot of weight. And the second I gain excess weight, I just drop my calories a little. I bring them down to 3,002 for a couple of days because there's a give and take. And right. it's very easy to do. And I don't feel like I'm starving. So I ate 4,300 calories that day. The next day, I did a little extra cardio, went for a hike. I'm good, you know? So I don't, you don't have to suffer, is what I'm trying to say. So to maintain an impressive physique, you guys would be surprised how how you adapt to the systems and you can have a great physique. Now to be competitive, like, okay, granted, that's much harder, but no one's asking anyone to be 4% body fat for a show. So 10%, 8%, you look great, you go to the beach, and it's very uh, realistic to maintain, I would say.
0: Cool. 8%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a goal, that's a goal. Like, it's on my vision board, it's on my vision board. So you, got you know to have this, on- I think George is busy.
1: Listen to this, even at 15, yeah. when I say look great, I'm talking about the summer beach body, right? Yeah. At 8%. But you can go up to 17, 18, be, be reasonable, have an off season and say to yourself, listen, for the holidays, I'm willing to go up to 18 and just uh, but right after that's what I do. I, I sometimes have gone up to 17%. You know, I've become plump, I, the cheeks come out. I enjoy my curabiedas. You guys, you guys, (laughs) that works.
0: Wow, (laughs) you guys, look at that, you
1: guys. You know know what we do, right? I'm just going to have one. And then the
0: sugar. Just, uh, uh, sugar
1: you got flashbacks from your yeah.
0: youth. No, but you know, you know the remember <laughs> those commercials. Remember those commercials with Mark Messier and the Lay's? I bet you can't just have one, whatever it was. Yeah, us. It's yeah. the Corabietes. Yeah. The <laughs> it's Yeah, and
1: that's it's what it is. The, the unit, the unit, John, is not one Corabiete. It's one box. <laughs> right. It's not one right. cookie. It's one right. row. Right. So right. It's, right. it's a problem with the unit system. You know, it's like what are you using and, as a and, unit? What's your unit system? It's like crack. Once you have one, you're out of control for two weeks. I, I know it. I'm oh not going to... All my clients are going to be like, I knew it! <laughs> but guys, okay, when I have a box of curabiedes, I'm, I'm on the trip. You, you have to have the mechanism in place to correct it. That's what it is. Yeah. Right, right. Absolutely. So, and, and also there's tricks. Like what I tend to do now, um, so uh, during the holidays, oh, and and I have my landlady that brings me like, a little box of curabiedes. So what I do is... Uh, I, w- I would say to myself, all right, okay. Wh- what are what are some things I can do to help myself out here? So I'll have like three corambians, but I'll have a glass of skim milk with it, or I'll I'll have something. I'll gorge my body with liquid. Did you dip the corambian? <laughs> do you dip it? <laughs> of course,
0: uh, a little a little uh, dunk. You know- <laughs>
1: Here's the thing: you have to dunk it. You have to keep it upright because. All <laughs> <sugar goes in. laughs> but if the sugar goes in, Chris, you just spoon. Yeah, you know, right. it. hey, it's all going in the same place, protein. so it's, it's sweet. Uh, it tastes it a little bit. Yeah. You should crumble it into your protein shake. Oh my gosh! And uh, you know, down right down my stairs, I have this little uh, bakery. Into the Fresh out the oven. So sometimes I'd be walking to the gym and I'm like, yeah, we're, we're keeping it strict today.
0: <laughs> what?
1: what?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not that thing over a bakery, man, yeah. it should wake you up every morning, like around four yeah. oh, thirty-five when they start cooking. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. It's It's... Yeah. Yeah. yeah so so, go, so yeah, tell not, us about the hacks the little hacks tell us the tricks yeah, yeah I interrupted yeah, yeah. you the so, little hacks so, so hacks. right so so they' they're uh on a more serious note there are a lot of hacks that you can do that help you out for example make vegetables uh tasty so if you take the time like sometimes you could just uh what I would do is I would just uh grill some uh, veggies uh, add raw olive oil, uh, for example, and and spices, a lot of spices, sometimes curry, sometimes uh, Cajun. So have a lot of different spices. And then uh, a lot of roughage makes you feel very full. So what I would do personally is oftentimes I would have my protein source with my veggies and I'd have a lot of roughage and then drink, gorge myself with a lot of water. And one thing I would do, even though I don't advocate PCAs, because if you're using a, a protein, you know, It's it's like... Pouring a a bucket of water on yourself in the shower, you you have enough BCAAs and protein. That's been proven. But I just do it for uh, flavored water. Or if you want to buy flavored water and uh, get rid of your cravings that way. So after a big meal, you might have uh, flavored water and with ice, like a Kool-Aid, and that just uh, kills your carb cravings. So that that's a huge huge help for me when I'm dieting for a contest. So if you guys are starting the diet, it's tough. Uh, A lot of uh, flavored water which is good stevia sweetened a lot of you can get those online uh powders or uh or you know the little bottles uh with liquid uh the other thing i like to do is the way you space out your meals meal timing so i'm the type of person that tends to push my first meal back so when i wake up at let's say 7 30 a.m my first meal is at 10 30 11 so it's not intermittent fasting per se because i like to have protein more often when i'm seriously bodybuilding and we'll, we'll get into that a little later because that's nuanced. But I, I like to spread my protein out throughout the day as much as I can every three hours because you'll utilize a protein for muscle building more efficiently that way. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of people say absorb and they use the wrong terminology. You'll always absorb all the protein, but you have windows of opportunity to utilize it to build muscle. So what you want to generally do is spread it out over four meals a day, maybe five, every three hours. That way you're spiking your amino acids in your bloodstream every couple of hours and you're staying anabolic and the protein synthesis mechanism is on. So you want that mechanism on as much as possible so you're anabolic. So you're building muscle, losing body fat. And you're only gonna lose body fat on a deficit. Don't listen to any of the nonsense out there. Oh, it's hormones, oh, it's this. It, it Well, in some cases, you might have a person with problems, and they need to see a doctor about, you know, their thyroid or whatnot. But generally, it's about um, it's about um, energy balance. If you're burning more calories than you're taking in, you're losing weight. And if your macros are adjusted properly, like if your protein is high to maintain the as much lean muscle mass as you can, then you'll look really good. You won't look stringy. You'll lose body fat as opposed to body weight. You don't want to lose muscle along with the body fat. You wanna right. lose as much body fat as you can with as little muscle as you can. So does that make any sense to you guys now? Like, uh, So you can have protein rich meals uh, four times a day, let's say four meals a day, uh, or three meals and one protein shake or two protein shakes, depends on how you wanna spread it out. And, and as an eater, uh, everyone's different. So some people like to eat bigger meals three times a day and maybe just have a, a, a liquid shake before bed. Other people like to eat smaller meals, spaced out a little more like maybe four meals but you don't need to do this you know it used to be popular to eat every two hours you don't need to do that because you're as long as you're you're eating a protein rich meal every three to four hours you're fine
0: right 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 <laughs> well, what, what were you saying what, what were you saying again just repeat it with with a balance uh the the um, as yeah, long as you're so- burning more the, yeah just Repeat that yeah, again. so it's about energy balance. So
1: if you're eating 2000 calories a day and you're burning two and a half thousand calories a day, mm. your body is going to need energy to maintain itself. So it's going to go into stored energy. Yeah. So you're going to be losing body fat. Right. And assuming that your diet is high in protein, high in micronutrients, uh, especially when you lower uh, calorie. And we're going to talk about something very important next. I want to cover with you guys. So so basically, you need to be burning more calories than you take in, energy balance. So, having said that, then you have to incorporate the right amount, the right dose of training, and sleep, so that you're you're in this optimal zone where you're losing body fat and not compromising muscle. Or maybe even if you're new to the game, like like some of you guys, if you were to start with me, you'd be and you haven't trained in years, you'd be actually be building muscle while losing body fat. Now, an advanced athlete wouldn't. We'll discuss that later, let's, yeah. let's stay on track. Yeah. So you're at a deficit at this point, but you want your protein high enough to maintain as much muscle as possible. I got it. And therefore, you're losing body fat, so you're aesthetically looking great, and you're strong, and you're performing well in the gym as much as possible,
0: right, right, right? Right,
1: right? The leaner you get, the tougher it gets. So as you start losing that last bit of uh, body fat, especially, let's say, an athlete like myself, who's really, really lean and shredded, not just lean for the beach, but shredded for a contest, you'll notice, yes, I'll be stronger than the average guy for sure in a gym, but I'll notice a a, a marked, uh, you know, lack of strength in the gym. So if I'm bench pressing 300, 320 pounds, and I'm now maybe doing 200 for like just a couple of reps, I'll notice a a big difference when I'm at 4% body fat. So that's pretty drastic, right? But if I stay at 8%, you know, where you could see your abs, you still look good for the the beach, uh, you're fine. You know what I mean? You still maintain a lot of that strength. But uh, there's a direct relationship to getting very lean with performance.
0: Right, right, right. You mentioned but that doesn't apply to the average guy. Just
1: having like 10%, you'll look great, you'll feel great. Uh, and that's where I aim for my clients that are just looking to be fit and healthy. I'm, I'm thinking 10 to 12 is, is good.
0: You know? uh, uh, I want to get into the because you mentioned inter- intermittent fasting, <clears throat> but you said that it's not really that. And because you're mentioning like every four hours, you want to get that curve uh going. Right, right, right. Is that the main difference with intermittent fast? Because at some point intermittent fasting, if you're fasting for like 18 hours, you're not really hitting those curves that you're that you're talking about. So,
1: so what I do, I really like Lane Norton. You guys check him out. He talks about meta-analysis and, and studies, and he's a bodybuilder, world-class uh, powerlifter and, and successful bodybuilder and a scientist. He has a PhD in protein metabolism. So my sources, I'm very strict about what sources I listen to. They have to be evidence-based, scientific, and I rely on these guys because they're scientists, and I look at – I. I watch the latest videos on the latest meta-analysis and they're always talking about that, the latest studies on volume, the relationship between the amount of sets and reps and how heavy you go. And and uh, that's another guy, uh, Brad Schoenfeld, great scientist. He was also a bodybuilder, competitive bodybuilder. So I like to merge my experience with uh, the scientific evidence. So you guys check out Lane Norton, he's great and he discusses this. And, and from uh, my understanding, so far, intermittent fasting is great. It works for a lot of people. Uh, there are health benefits to it. But so far, when they did uh, meta-analyses with uh, intermittent fasting and uh, reduced calories, they tend to have the same benefits. It's the reduction of calories, kind of like we were talking about David Sinclair and weight training and exercising. It tends to have, thus far, it, it looks like you have to same benefit except that if you're doing reduced calories and eating protein more often you're you're in a more anabolic state so athletes if uh, I, if i remember correctly in that episode i watched he would recommend that you're basically eating more spaced out throughout the day but the reduction of calories allows you that to, uh, to have all the health benefits
0: right right, right. of yeah.
1: longevity and whatnot so again the takeaway is reducing your calories But here's the one thing that's important for you guys to remember. When reducing calories, you have less leeway uh, because you're now more restricted in the amount of calories and energy you're having in a day, so you have to be a lot more eclectic about the food sources. So when I'm off-season, I can have two slices of pizza. I'm not so clean food versus unclean food. Well, here's the problem with processed foods. It's not necessarily the devil all the time. You can have something processed in context, in balance, and you're fine. You can have a burger with a couple of fries here and there. But the problem is when you're eating processed foods, it's very easy to eat. And you're, if you're having potato chips, you can eat 2,000 calories and not even realize it in a heartbeat. Yeah. So yeah. this is what tends to happen. Processed food is easier to eat, and it also has a less thermic effect in the body. So if you're, that that is only relevant for an athlete that is counting every calorie. And it's like, if you're eating all processed foods and you're eating 3,000 calories and you're a pretty big dude, uh, there might be a discrepancy of 200 calories burned uh, less uh, if you're eating processed foods. But you can account for that anyway. So, and the other thing is micronutrients in raw foods, it, it tends to be more dense. So I would say the clean eating, quote unquote, is more important when your calories are reduced so if you're let's say off season you want to eat well you want to eat your veggies you want to eat your three balanced meals a day and at the end of the day if you have an extra four or five hundred calories in your diet you can have a slice of pizza you can have a couple of fries with that just be reasonable but it's hard to be reasonable when you're eating processed foods so keep that in mind so gorge your body with a lot of liquid so i'd go out with some friends have two three slices of pizza i'd estimate each slice at depending on the pizza but 200 calories so i'd have 700 calories left if it fits your macros, have fun, do it. It's not like you need to be measuring everything and going insane. So I'm trying to give you guys context. So I go out, I have a moussaka, I'll estimate, I'll look at it and I'll say, well, that moussaka is a uh, thousand calories. So I saved my calories for the day and I had just shakes and veggies. So I had a little bowl of veggies grilled with my protein shake and that's not calorically dense. So then I go out at the restaurant that night, have my moussaka, I felt full, but... At the end of the day, eating at night, there's also a misconception and uh, a lot of people misrepresent this. You can eat at night before bed as long as you account for your calories throughout the day. Nice. So it doesn't matter if you eat right before bed. And I always correct my clients with that. But it matters. I'll tell you why they give you that advice. Don't eat it at night. Because most people don't count their calories and most people tend to overeat processed foods on the couch. So there is a context and you can forgive it in that context. But when you you have someone following you and telling you meal timing, uh, so on and so forth, then yes, you can eat more. I tend to eat more calories before bed because I tend to be hungry before bed. So it works to keep me calm. And sometimes I would have some popcorn. I wouldn't add um, uh, any of the butters or whatever, but I, I'd measure one tablespoon of olive oil and it would make me feel full. And then I'd gorge myself with a little water two hours before bed and I was good for the night. So uh, those are some hacks. You asked me for no, hacks. No. Ideas.
0: I want to get your uh, thoughts a little bit because you mentioned sleep and how important sleep is. Um, and uh, for, for you know, the busy man that follow this program where you have your kids, your family, you know, you got to come back home from work. You're dealing with the stress and you got to take care of the kids, put them to bed. Then, you know, right, right, uh, once right, they're right. down, you got to do whatever you have to do. And finally, you end up going to bed like at one in the morning or whatever. And you have to be up at like at five right. or six in the morning. Uh, yeah. I mean, everyone knows that sleep is important, but um, let's get some thoughts on that.
1: Okay, so some thoughts on that. If you can find periods in the day to catch up with a nap, that's much more efficient than trying to catch up on the weekend. Because that doesn't really work. You can't catch up on sleep. So if you've been deprived of sleep for months on end, or let's say a week, and then you think by sleeping in Saturday and Sunday you're going to catch up. It doesn't really work that way. So you're trying to be as consistent as possible. So if possible, if you can, uh, try to get a nap in. in so what's between. the optimal?
0: What's the optimal amount of sleep? You're talking about being optimal. Uh, uh, I, believe the, the, I believe
1: that. I believe that the last time I checked, it's anywhere between seven and eight and a half hours. But it's it's very uh, specific to each person, uh, from my understanding. And I'm not an expert on the matter, but I know through experience and I know through looking into it, at least seven to eight and a half is the recommended amount. For me, I tend to be great at eight. When I'm training much harder from experience, I tend to need eight and a half, maybe nine, but not when I'm leaner. So I I find that when my body is in a healthier state and I'm leaner, I tend to just need eight, even if I'm training very stringently. So... Also, another thing is you might be overtraining if you're sleeping eight hours and still very lethargic. So you have to adjust the training program because there comes a point where more volume is better for uh, results, but there comes a point where there's too much volume and your body can't recuperate from it. Yeah. So again, yeah. you have to find that optimal zone. When I'm writing a program, so let's let's give an uh, like Mike Isratel is a bodybuilder and a scientist who came up with the concept of um, of allocating volume like minimum effective uh, dose, let's say you're training your chest, he would recommend that the minimum effective dose in a week's training for your chest might be six sets. And your maximum, uh, let's say, uh, adaptive volume might be 12 sets where you're really growing and, you're, uh, and, and then beyond 12, uh, it starts to become, for most people, uh, really uh, you're overreached. You're exhausted, you're you're overtraining and you're not, that's not optimal. You're, you're now probably not growing. So that's just a very, everyone's very, very individualistic in that, but that's what we're trying to do. So when let's say I'm writing a program or people are monitoring their own training, they wanna keep tabs on not only their diet, but their training routine. So for example, if you're doing six sets week one, and then you move to eight sets of chest week two, you want to monitor where you start feeling really overreached and you want to be cautious about how you push the limit to get even better results because more volume and uh, you know, also tension is important too. You need to have enough tension. Usually between eight and 15 reps is a, is a good range uh, to, to keep in mind, but as you progress, you need to just listen to your body and see how it works for those who don't have a coach. And and I want to be helpful to everyone. So if you've been training for many years, you want to progressively overload your body for four weeks and then come down and rest just like Olympic athletes do before a a, a big event. So they train really hard and then recuperate two weeks and then they bounce back. nicely. You know what I mean? Right.
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your program. You mentioned your app. Um, how does that work? How do you, uh, how have you designed your business? Obviously you're in Greece enjoying yourself and <laughs> your business is great because everything is online. So it's the practical aspect of uh, the era that we're living in. Um, right, right. But how does it work? How have you designed your program? How do um, uh, How do you keep so, track so, of your clients?
1: So the way it works is uh, I tend to build, uh, let's say I'm, I'm uh, over time, I've built hundreds of programs for different goals my athletes and whatnot, but every program, it, it, it's not one size fits all. So even though everyone's doing the bench press, even though many days, uh, I tend to like certain splits, like let's say upper, upper, lower, upper, lower four times a week, or it might be six times a week. If, if you can afford to train that many times a week, I might subdivide it into upper body, chest, back, shoulders, then arms, and then legs. There's many, many different splits. So I've, I've broken down certain temp templates that are very uh uh almost like a skeleton but then what i do is uh, i look at a person's physique and i say well he's pretty strong in the legs so we keep the leg volume down we don't give extra exercises for quadricep development and if he's weak in the chest i give a lot more volume allocated volume in that weak area so that's from a bodybuilding standpoint now from a fitness standpoint it kind of works the same you want a nice balanced healthy Uh, physique but your goal might not be to be a bodybuilder so I tend to create a program that tends to be quicker uh, 35 minutes effective sometimes I give uh, circuits a guy doesn't have time if a guy's a CEO of his uh, own company he doesn't have time to sit there and train uh, over half an hour in a gym I tend to do circuit style get the most out of your three minute circuits so that you're doing two body parts that aren't really affecting each other in terms of uh, fatigue. Yeah. So, if you only have half an hour, you're doing your calves, you're doing your biceps. So, I call it the no time, no problem series. So, I've created maybe 60 programs just on that. And then I customize that for your needs. Some people can only train three times a week. Some people can train five times a week, but 20 minutes. Some people train at home. So, I have a home series. I have... So, over time, I built hundreds of programs. And what I do is I find the right context for you. And then I I I apply all the little details that you need personally in your lifestyle. And as we go along, uh, let's say, you know, you're developing nicely in the legs and uh, you have high energy levels. I might lower the leg volume and the leg um, frequency. You might be doing legs twice a week, but you might only need legs once a week now. And I'll up the, the weaker body parts or the less strong body parts. You might want to get stronger. You know, so depending on the goal, some athletes want to look good, but be strong. You know what I mean? So we're focusing on strength more than we are on the bodybuilding.
0: Right. So it
1: really depends on each goal, I would say. So it's not just the bodybuilding uh, yeah. that I focus on. It's also health, weight loss, body transformation, general strength, wellness. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that you're, you're you're putting all the body parts because there was this thing happening, was it five years ago, guys? The chest, bro, bro, chest, 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 yeah, chest yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, bro, 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 chest, Right? Because everyone yeah. in the gym, yeah. everyone just wants the effects that makes you a man, right? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. all about yeah. arms
0: and chest. Everything else, fucking, you yeah? know? Yeah, they have Yeah, I used, to, <laughs> I used to make
1: a lot of jokes on my Instagram channel about that,
0: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Like uh, legs like this, right? Oh, like, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back. No back. But you know what? There, there's all these
1: guys, like, they're they're like fitness guys but at the same time it's their their scope is to make you look the best you can look not necessarily as a fitness but there's guys that will tell you wear this don't wear that and you have a lot of guys that will tell you like just go some shoulders we want the shoulders we want a little bit of the biceps you buy little tight shirts here you know so they have you know what i'm talking about right a hundred percent. So it's the guys that just, it's, I don't care. You just have to look good. This is what you buy. This is what you don't do. This is what you wear. They even tell you the subtle, Like what word it ends. Like it cannot end here. It has to end here. You know, it's like, anyways. Absolutely.
0: So I'm and glad you worked on everybody
1: part. I, we, we could, we could, I I, I laugh about, uh, uh there's a lot of different domains where this happens. And like, for example, sometimes I, uh and I try to, uh, I, people don't know, so uh, I don't want to come off as being condescending about it. But sometimes it's like I don't want to be, become too huge. It's like, dude, by next week, I promise you, not huge. <laughs> you know? like I'm not too huge, and I've been doing it thirty years, and I'm trying to get too huge as, as much as I can, and I can't. I don't want to get too big. I don't want to get too big. You no, know, because I explode. That's
0: yeah. why I always hear that. I'm like, dude. Like when people who tell me flow. that if they do too much weights, they're gonna gain too much muscle and be heavy. Yeah, they, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when I, I, I tell them, it it's because you're eating too don't much. I do a set of bench press, Damn, I'm under here. <laughs> yeah, they, they jump out, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you gain man. six boundaries. <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, so That's on just... your app, you keep track of uh, everyone's uh, program. Uh, what else? Uh, you have videos. Uh... So I
1: film. So I'll, I'll tell you how I go about it. I film um, small segments, videos on how to do the exercises. So I'm in the tutorial motion, and then and, and then I, I uh, so so people get the sense of how to do the exercise because oftentimes a lot of it. It's it's not just an app. It's me designing programs and using the app to upload. Uh, your monthly coaching. Right. So, so over time, uh, what happens is sometimes it's very nuanced. I can I can have a program that looks very similar, but I've cut a lot of the the leg volume and I've given a lot more upper chest volume. And and the devil's in the details because now you have 15 sets of chest and only six sets of legs just to maintain your legs. And that's a world of difference in a program. Yeah. But some people are like, well, it's the same thing. I want to change my routine every month. So I do it. But sometimes I try to explain to people that it's not necessary to approach yeah. it that way. You know yeah. what I mean? like- but uh, I just want to add something on the videos because I've seen the videos and you the first video I saw, he was in the gym but then he has these nice videos where he's doing push-ups with a bathing right. suit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no. In the bag, you see hey. the ocean in the sand. His hands are in the sand and he's doing push-ups and he's telling you, this is how you do it. It's you awesome. And, uh, and, it. And, uh, and listen, sometimes sometimes you're like, you got to get my good side. But totally... yeah. oh, listen, listen, I want to keep you guys entertained. You know? No, but it's good, man. It's The background is awesome. It, it, it's like, that's inspiring too, because it's, it's different, you know? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You I take it out I, of the gym.
1: I, I also find uh, when, when things are aesthetically pleasant, pleasant even with my music, it attracts a person uh, to, to kind of engage. You know what I'm saying? So if someone's going to watch the video a little more and get something out of it, and it's a beautiful background, because I used to do that. I have the dungeon videos too. You've seen those with the dumbbells. And yeah. it attracts a totally different kind. Of, that's the dude that just wants to put on masks. Doesn't want to know about beaches. Doesn't want to know about how I worked on the tan that week. Just yeah. like, no. so, so, so actually, that, those are part of different series. Like the... Yeah. the um, The the on-the-go series is usually on the beach with a bathing suit and in the gym with a, you know, the Black Time Top was part of the series for mass building, so it has a different aesthetic, you know?
0: Yeah, let's do
1: like a hard like right turn into the other domain, the music domain. How how about we do that? All right, sure, sure. That's another thing that links us all too, right absolutely absolutely so th- thanks for the the tips for uh, our listeners that are trying to waiting for us like, you know, listening are, thanks for man. the
0: thanks for the details
1: because
0: because you know, we've had I'm other people
1: you go into such detail that gives people such a clear perspective of what you're trying to say because a lot of it is just yeah, like exactly. you know, okay it's things I think I've heard about you're very clear and it's very important that people understand
0: yeah why and you know what else it does It takes the
1: details and it makes all the difference for us man. Yeah, and uh, just great. to and, just and to any add time on what guys, George is saying, anytime I can be of help, you let me know. Uh, Absolutely, love to give you guys tips, uh, general tips. I love motivating. That's part of what I love. Right. So this podcast, for example, is very enjoyable for me because part of my job after I give the program is to keep people motivated. We talk with Chris all the time, and I can sometimes great listen. conversations.
0: I love great conversations. I, mean, I gotta go,
1: dude. Like you can be up here for an hour. So I love <laughs> motivating. It's part of uh, uh, it's part of what I enjoy doing. So.
0: John, well, it's part of the equation. It's part of the
1: equation. It's very important, man. Yeah, and just to, I just want to say something that George said. I'm just kind of adding at adding on top of it. I'm paraphrasing, really? but because you're so clear, you take away a lot of the thinking. Like, right? do my best. So you, thank you. I'm glad, yeah, I'm yeah. Glad yeah. When, I, you, feel when that, you when you when it's not clear, people think and then confuse you people. Do nothing. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you get the thinking out of the way. So it's clear. It's concise to the point. And yeah. Absolutely. And that, that's know, one yeah, of your strengths. Over time, the reason I try to do that, and, and some people I realize that they're, they're a little, their their attention span to the details is like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. I get it. And I, I kind of withdraw a little bit. Because, but the reason I try to be as clear as possible is so they understand the concepts behind why I'm asking them what to do. Therefore, they won't take them for granted. All right. They won't question. So what tends to happen is, Some of my clients that I didn't uh, express all these uh, details to, they'd be like, Well, I'm eating one meal and I'm having all my protein in one meal. And I'm like, Well, your progress is suffering, you know, because you're not being anabolic most of the day. uh, With, you know, we talked about the protein synthesis spikes and whatnot. So I I tell them, Try to space out your protein. It's a pretty big deal over many months of hard training and you're putting in a lot of hard work. So they're like, Oh, okay. So, I like being as, uh, and I try to be as concise as possible and quick as possible to not tire people, but I want them to get it because then they're going to be like, oh, that's why I shouldn't do it. And they tend to adhere better when I'm more detailed, you know? Yeah. John, uh, John I wanted to say something. Yeah, because, uh, sorry, George, go I ahead. said we're going to take a hard turn uh, and talk about music, but I think we're out of time. So it's probably going to be a break. So I think we're going oh, to sure, step sure. on the brakes. But we're going to have you back, right, George? We're going yeah, to set up absolutely. to have you back.
0: Absolutely. We're going to have you absolutely. back, John. Uh, we it would pre- be my pleasure. I had uh,
1: fun with you guys. I hope I didn't talk your ear off because some it's, of the uh, explanations were it, a little
0: long-winded. It's, it's great. And, it, I, it. and, I, and I'm sure that uh, <laughs> the, the, the listeners are going to get a lot of value out of this. Uh, just in closing, oh, where gosh. do people find you, John? Where can we direct people to come and uh, and follow you or reach out to you?
1: Uh, you sure. So, so I'm on uh, uh, John Mellis Fitness on Instagram. Um, they can also reach me on Facebook, John Mellis Pro, uh, is, uh, there's a bodybuilding picture of me doing a side tricep pose and, and uh, like a fitness competition. So they can contact me, uh, directly, uh, through email as well. Mellis.john, J-O-H-N at gmail.com. So M-E-L-A-S dot J-O-H-N at gmail.com
0: super and so, we're going to put all that and we're going to put all that stuff into the scripture if everyone interested so you can just uh, uh, you if find if all that John's,
1: uh, if John's 2021 Summer vacation ever ends. Maybe we can do it in studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> if ever, if ever you remember where Montreal is on the map, and you're back uh, after, uh, so, we'll, so, we'll, have so you know.
1: well, I'm gonna try to get you guys down first, so we can. That's, do actually, that's actually that's actually a that's much like better great. idea. That's a little Better idea. idea. A little, uh, we'll run on the beach. I'll have you guys running.
0: <laughs> Nobody wants to see I that.
1: Always, <laughs> I always make it look fun in the videos, but yeah. you guys are gonna be like, you didn't make you look like this in the video. I'm like, oh, you know got and then we it go, for you you know. go for curabieles think curabieles where the porabielis
0: in, in chocolate milk in <laughs> chocolate milk chocolate milk this way this way so <laughs> to remember you gotta I dip it like you gotta right. dip it horizontally yeah you're right <laughs> or at least
1: you know be, be mindful Chris like kind of yeah, side. You're right. and then right. the melon me macarona. Huh?
0: You can think He's that, yeah, there's no problem with them. No, we'll lose like, the nuts. We'll lose the nuts. You could just. Melo- you just already, have... wet, yeah. they're already wet, boys.
1: Already wet. And the tea, and then
0: you go with the spoon. Sometimes I'm like, just throw
1: them all in there. And oh my god! Let me see one fat thing. Let me see one fat thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like melo- <laughs> you said melomacarona, and we're talking about this in yeah. the discussion. And you know what I thought of? Like putting a lot of melomacarona like in the blender with milk. A little bit. And making a shake. I I don't know, shake with a (laughs) nuts. Oh, that would be amazing. I don't know. I'm trying that now. I'm trying that now. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm 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 get more into a pudding than a spoon. So by the way, I have to say something too. Chris has been great. He's been adhering. He's doing fantastic uh, in the training as well. I'm impressed because uh, I don't have to chase him. He's gotten into the systems. And uh, I think by summer, you guys are going to be really impressed by this guy. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Oh, awesome. Thanks, man. All right, next John. Week, the, the, the gym's opened and uh, next week uh, we got him in the gym too. So I'm going to be a tyrant. So he's not going to oh, be yeah. as happy. He's going to be a little more, you know, long faced the next time we talk. I'm, I'm, sadistic. <laughs> I'm sadistic. I'm sadistic. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I John, we appreciate
0: it, buddy. And we're about to win your evening in Greece and uh, hopefully great, we'll man. see you soon, man.
1: Yes, hopefully. Uh, Have very soon. So I uh, had a great time. Thank you for having me, guys. Enjoy the rest of your 2021
0: vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Ciao, Johnny. All right, guys. Talk soon.